I think that only happened like one time in a pay-per-view. Really? No, it wasn't a part of his entrance. Yeah, when he did I think it was just like... No, no, it wasn't. Those, no, he just... Those no, there was one where he was like gone for a while. Yeah, and yeah. like, uh, I forgot, there was one pay-per-view. There was an empty casket. They closed it because like it, some, some match, I forgot who was, which match it was. They popped up. Um, but uh, that was like one of the longest lasting gimmicks ever this is a bullshit conversation edit this out <laughs> this is dumb <laughs> we're talking about the undertaker <laughs> dude come on i was edit one of those this. kids that really i don't thought know i don't know where, don't know where to real. go from there <laughs> that was real um, um dude you had a big weekend how's it, i mean dude amazing. yeah but let's cover let's cover some other things first like you uh how's training been going for you you're prepping you're prepping for Jiu-Jitsu World League in April. How's yeah. training been going for you this week? It's good. I actually just got back from training today. And, uh, or yeah, tonight. how do you feel? feel good. Took it a little easy today. I, I don't know why. I just wasn't feeling very energetic. I don't think I had enough coffee or something like that. Um, yeah, sometimes you have to take like a, a down type of training path. You know, you can't go 100% every single yeah, session, every I single agree. round. So, yeah, it was, it, it's been cool. Uh, debating if I should do Jiu-Jitsu World League or there's also an IBJJ, uh, yeah, IBJJF tournament that same day in Santa Cruz. So it's Oh, like, is that... Um, oh, really? Yeah. So I was like, oh, that okay. actually might work out a little bit better. It's closer for the most part. A little part. bit closer. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, they have a no-gi division for that one because sometimes these IBJJF uh, tourneys don't have uh, no-gi. Yeah, they do. Just great. Oh, they're right. Hey, man, you might be. Now, the problem is, hmm. like, depending on the region and depending on everyone's schedule, because you have two tournaments happening on the same day. That's right. It might deplete the the um, the competitor pool. So who knows if maybe you'll have anybody in your division. Or maybe you go to the tournament where everyone decides to go to because everyone would rather go to Santa Cruz as opposed to Stockton. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> so maybe, maybe, that, maybe, that's, that maybe that's the call. Yeah. Maybe that's the call. <laughs> Might be. All right. But yeah. your game plan is going pretty good. Your body's holding together. So far, Progress so good. is being made. Yeah, I'm making sure I'm not training right. too crazy with some spazzes and keeping it no, safe. You're and not light. trying to get hurt. No, we're about a month, a little bit over a month to, out. So it's, it'll be good. Ah, you're on a good pace. 
And you're just going to compete at the weight you're walking around at, right? You're not yeah. trying to. I'm not trying to like cut anything. anything. I think there's a category. It's like 62 Good for you. to 72 Good for you, or Sean. something. So I'm around 70 right now. Trust your technique. Yeah. Technique trumps all. <laughs> Dude, I posted this thing on Speaking Instagram. It was a picture of. What'd you post? Uh, it was just an old picture, an eight-year-old picture of, of when we used to train out of FTCC. Man, it was so old Oh, school. you and the old squad? Yeah, like Rocky's in there, freaking a uh, bunch of other guys are in there. It's Will's in there, you know? Man. That's cool. Like when you look at old photos like that, does in your mind sometimes go back to that, what you were like back yeah, then? Man. Temporarily, you're like that person for those few seconds where you're looking at that photo? <laughs> yeah. No, seriously. Yeah. Cause I was unemployed at the time when I was collecting unemployment. I would just pay for my gym membership with my unemployment. Hey, it, it's, it's part of your health. Yeah. Why not? Sure. That's money well spent. I'm not mad at that. Yeah. <laughs> How about speaking training of, for you, man? Speaking of jujitsu, yeah. um, I, I'm sorry, what? How about training for you? Oh, training's feeling good. I'm back into more consistent jujitsu training this week, at least. Yeah. Uh, I could tell that I'm a little bit out of jujitsu shape. I can't hold positions as long as I could have three weeks ago. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just letting go of certain things. I'm just not fighting so hard for certain positions, for certain submissions, not fighting against certain guard passes or submissions like I usually do. But I'm, I'm, you know, I'm 45 years old. I've gotten to that point in my mind where I'm not trying to win every round. I'm not trying to win every second or every minute of every yeah. round. So I'm okay with that. And so speaking of jujitsu, I didn't know this, but a couple of my teammates from Cojaldo Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, Matt and AJ, their brothers, both uh, blue belts, they participated in last weekend's uh, jiu-jitsu battle nice. in Palo Alto, a small tournament out there. Um, AJ got gold in his division and Matt got silver. So congratulations. Hey, you get congrats, two guys. Guys. I, I didn't even know they competed. So happy for you guys. Yeah. They need And in more. Yeah. They don't, how come we don't know about all this jujitsu battle? And sometimes, sometimes some of these smaller tournaments don't always publicize a lot. Yeah. I don't know if it's because of maybe some of these organizations need to hire PR people, or um, maybe sometimes they're purposely trying to keep it small. They don't want like a big, a big show out because you know, it, it takes a lot of labor to make these tournaments happen. Yeah, And sometimes these tournaments are run by, you know, someone's family or the students of a, of a, of the host school Cooked and they're not trying to overwork their folks. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But speaking of, events being run by schools. Also last weekend, there was a Muay Thai development league out in Stockton nice. hosted by Valor training center. And also I think staffed by uh, the people from Mesh striking arts and a couple of our students from the golden pizza Muay Thai team of Hapkiri USA, Ted and Rosalie hey, went out, shout got, out. participated in, in some scrimmages. Rosalie actually got two scrimmages in, which is great. Good for her experience. Nice. And so congratulations to Ted and Rosalie getting your experience in. And thank you very much to the Muay Thai Development League for having, uh, setting out a format that is safe, challenging, and fun for people trying to dip their toe into competitive Muay Thai. Nice. So I, I, I believe strongly in what they're doing. And so I hope that more beginners look into it because I think it's, it's a great format. You still there? Yeah. I'm sorry. Oh shit! I thought you cut out. <laughs> no, no. 
thought your, your shout screen out. froze. Shout out to Ted and uh, Rosalie, though. Yeah, and oh, uh, shout out Coach Rocky leading the team this past weekend. And also shout out to one of our other students, uh, Kevin Chance, K Chance on Instagram, who was mm-hmm. second chair um, in the second ch- uh, corner for uh, the event, helping our guys out. Hey. Um, so now his new name around the gym is Coach Kevin. Coach Kevin. You're Coach Kevin now. Okay, you just okay, got to accept that. Yeah, double K. <laughs> and shout out for um, our fight team, Omega Martial Arts, from uh, our guy, Matt. <laughs> winning gold at the u.s nationals in denver and now he won a spot for team usa he'll be going to represent team usa in his weight class uh 139.7 pounds in bangkok this may nice and if you guys it was a that was a well-run event congratulations to usa muay thai follow them on instagram folks uh they want they run a a nice professional organization. Everybody is working hard to make the the team uh, strong, uh, and hopefully, uh, the, the team USA shows out in Bangkok in May. If you guys haven't seen the fights, it's on YouTube. It's on their YouTube, and um, yeah, follow USA yeah. Muay Thai's YouTube channel. If you um, if you watch Matt the fights on day two and three, if you watch the fights, you can and you'll see really like, hear these guys are from all over the country. <laughs> I'm sorry, what? You can really hear uh, Coach... Sorry, I was talking uh, over you. It's okay. You can really hear Coach Carlo uh, really yelling on his on the fights over there. <laughs> Probably the most audible person I am, in the, in I the am audience embarrassingly there. loud. I am embarrassingly loud. I was like, wow, loud. that's Every fucking my friend event. right I, there. <laughs> I always hit up like some of, uh, one of my old fighters, Joyce, who who really keeps up on, on, our, on the team's uh, success and all of their activity and... I always ask her, it's like, am I as loud as I think I'm sounding? I'm just like, I feel so embarrassed. She's because it's great. I'm like, oh shit. That means I was hella loud. Ugh. Dude. But really? you know, one of the things is like, if you're not going to do what I'm asking you to do, at least use my intensity to fuel your performance. So that's yeah, yeah. the way I look at it. Yeah. So again, so congratulations to Matt going off to Thailand in Bangkok. Congrats. Hopefully I'll be joining him for at least some of those days. Uh, Ooh, so we'll see, we'll keep sick. you guys posted on what goes on with that, with the IPMA world championships in May. Nice. And so that's the next step for us at Omega Martial Arts. And so we're excited. He did really well, man. Um, it was Probably a good fight. Really and well, they defied a couple of guys that are, that were really experienced, very technical. Yeah. And by the way, really good guys. I, one of the things that I was very impressed with at this event last weekend in Denver is how cool everyone was with each other. There's a real sense of community, even between opponents, um, everybody giving each other props, gassing each other up. And it was a really cool environment to be around. So thank you very much again to USA Muay Thai for the experience. And so let's jump into some quick MMA news News, this week. Uh, Former UFC heavyweight champion Francis Ngannou, as we all know, he's a free agent as after he was released from his UFC contract after they couldn't come to terms. Uh, he says um, he's very close to signing either with PFL or one championship. What mm. do you think about this, Sean? Where should he go? Where should he end up? Well, I put a poll. Where does on, he end up? I pull. I put a poll on my Instagram uh, story there, and the choices were PFL, one championship. Bellator and Jollibee. And uh, 
guess, you know, guess who won or guess, guess where France Jolly is going to end up. It's going to be Jollibee. <laughs> but you know what? Other than that, the fried chicken is delicious. So in all, I'm not tell in it. all seriousness, fried is delicious and everything else. Sorry. Go um, ahead. In all seriousness, I think people are predicting that he's probably going to go to one championship. I think he's going to go there because I think they just have such a, uh, a reach out there in Asia where it's mm. not comparable to the U S obviously, but, um, in other ways, uh, he can make a ton of money. I'm sure his contract is wide open. He can do many things and, uh, he'll probably make a good amount of money. Ah, uh, yeah. It, it, it seems like, it seems like it's coming down to the rumors between one and PFL. Yeah. So I'm sure he's had conference with Bellator, but it sounds like Bellator is not in the conversation right now. Mm. And I think in either organization, one or PFL, the heavyweight division is shallow and you could see someone like Francis Ngannou shooting up to the top really fast and being the big star with either organization. And I agree with you. I think one championship is going to be where he ends up going. It looks like one will give him the freedom to do a bunch of other things as well. So if Francis Ngannou wants to jump into boxing somehow, that sounds like something one championship would be amenable to. Yeah. And there's no one really at Bellator either, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And it's kind of surprising that they're not opening the, the, the vault to get him as as well. Cause I think if you look at the talent pool between Bellator PFL one championship Bellator probably has a deeper pool in, in terms of the heavyweight division, even yeah. though that's a shallow pool in it of itself, but yeah, we'll but see. I think, I think we'll see, we're going to get an answer within a few months. I think it's going to be one championship because yeah. the freedom that that contract will allow for him. And I, like yeah. you said, the international appeal Agreed. of it. Yeah. I think there's just going to be so many more eyes on Francis. If he's at one versus uh, Bellator or an American promotion. I think he'll get, he'll also get more opportunities on the Asian market with sponsors. And so, you know, it's probably better for him. Good for him. Yeah. Good for him. Hopefully he gets some success out of it. And then him and John Jones end up fighting when they're both like 48 years old. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Down the line. Shit. Hey, oh, how about, I, you know, I ran into this. I, Damian Maya is on the UFC commentary team on the Brazilian side. Good for um, him. Talk about, a, talk about a real professional. He considers himself a white belt at play-by-play commentating. So he practiced before his commentary gig by commentating on 1,000 old fights just to practice. Dude. I mean, that is so cool. Someone who takes that, takes craft and like um his job seriously yeah. uh, that's 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 so dope and so, yeah, that's something so that you would almost expect him. from a master like damien maya yeah exactly i mean that's that just speaks of his jujitsu uh prowess and his mm, ability mm. to probably get better at something really quick so dude that's exactly what he's doing getting better almost makes me want to learn portuguese so i could listen to yeah. that instead of like the english broadcast i know right it's probably way more dramatic. Which is, English, English broadcast, depending on who's there, is not so bad. But, you know, sometimes you it's good to get a little change. Yeah. In other words, I should learn how to speak another language, is what I'm saying. <laughs> Tagalog. Tagalog broadcast. 
Yeah. Oh, <laughs> hey, th- there is no uh, Taga- Filipino broadcasting there for isn't. UFC, is there? Let's go. Nah, you know what? The Filipinos <laughs> speak English. That's why. <laughs> they, 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 they UFC saves money by not having to hire one. <laughs> it's like, they got a Chinese one though. Yeah. I think, I, so? I think you're right. Yeah. I think you're right. I mean, that's a market you have to appeal to. Yeah. Um, Especially if you have a PI out there. I, Come on. Let's go. Let's go. Pare. Pare. <laughs> And then one last thing before we get into the recap of last weekend's UFC fight night, because it kind of ties in. Turns out UFC's Russian broadcasting partner, Match TV, um, edited out Mirab Dvalishvili's uh, reference to the war in Ukraine Mm. in his post-fight interviews. I think this is something you got to learn to expect when you're an international product that's like your message or anything you say is going to go through a number of filters. It kind of reminds me how some things that are said by NBA players when they're aired in China are filtered out uh, because of, you know, it's state run media there. So it's very similar in Russia. So just get used to that reality and not, um, not everyone has uh, open access to all information that's actually available. And so this actually leads us into last weekend's UC fight night, which was headlined by, uh, former flyweight champ Peter Jan versus Mirab Dvalishvili in, 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 what did you see in this fight, Sean? I mean, I was so impressed by Mirab. Has he arrived? Has he arrived? I think so. Uh, he, I think it was a battle of, we didn't really know what was going to happen because Peter Jan was, you know, former champion, uh, fought for, the, you know, his past couple of fights he, he fought for the belt and then he fought Sean O'Malley ended up losing that. So he, you could tell that he, you know, he needed to win. Um, he came prepared, but it was just Marab being so aggressive and his pace was just unbelievable. He his pace was insane. Yeah, when you consider the stopping. fact that he's always mixing strikes with takedowns, att- yeah. takedown attempts. God damn. I think he set the record for like most takedowns and, uh, most takedown attempts. Takedown attempts. Sorry. Yes. It was like 40 49, 49 takedown attempts. That's crazy, man. Landed 11. So it's a 22% clip, which is a low percentage, but still the 49 attempts, your pace is insane. Uh, Total strikes landed by uh, Merab, 202. That's at a 50% rate, landing 147 significant strikes throughout the full fight. So that's why he won the unanimous decision. Uh, Yep. Where does Peter Jan go from here before we talk about Merab's future, Sean? You know, Peter Jan, he's kind of one of the dark horses. Like every, the recipe's out on how to beat him. And mm, it's, mm. It's, it's one of those things where either he has to, I don't know if he can move up, but he's, you know, he's five foot seven. I don't think he would do well in like a, a featherweight setting or anything like that, but. He's, there's still some really good matchups over on, at 35. I think maybe if, if you give him some legend fights, maybe you give him Dominic Cruz or you give him uh, somewhere, mm-hmm. someone that he can w- have a good marquee win. And who knows what happens with Cejudo and, and Aljamain because if all, all of a sudden Aljamain loses, uh, he probably gets a rematch, I'm not sure, but Cejudo can fight you know, Marab. And then there's also, there's also like Cheeto Vera that's waiting in the wings. And then there's, mm-hmm. um, a bunch of other fights. I mean, he's only a few fights away from being in that top spot again. So for him, I think he just needs to go back to the drawing board and um, maybe 
get his manager to find him a, a, a not a can, but someone in the top 10 for sure <laughs> that he can be. My, by the way, my, my, uh, my apologies. I, I misspoke and said he was a former flyweight champion. He's a former bantamweight champion. Yeah, bantamweight Excuse me. Yeah. That was, that was my mistake. Um, but, but, uh, but for example, with, uh, with, yeah, sorry about that. Go, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. So remember we were talking about how Marab, uh, the Russian media took out, you know, his, his remarks about Ukraine and all that. What people mm-hmm. don't realize is when Marab fought his country, he was almost, he had the, the Manny Pacquiao factor. So his whole country was like, you know, this was a big deal because dude, the, the, the Georgians versus, came out that Russia night. Versus the Georgians right now, came out. It's, it was so, it was such a big deal that, you know, like he was feeling the pressure and like he knew he had to win. So it was just, man, like I didn't, like I was listening to the, um, uh, Anakin Florian podcast and Ray Longo, his coach, you know, he's a regular on that podcast and he was talking about how, you know, everyone's making fun of him for not wanting to fight one of his friends. And, you know, Ray Longo, uh, he kind of cleared the air and said, if, if, um, the talks are that Marab was going to fight for the title. I heard that, uh, what's the name? Algermain was probably going to move up and wait and vacate his belt. Yeah. So yeah. it's like, it's, I heard that. I heard that same thing. Can you imagine? Um, that's, that's, so, that's pretty damn honorable, you know? And that's, I think time wise right that, that works out. Yeah. I because think time wise that works I don't think out because, really, you know, you no get bigger as you get older. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. And wait, okay. So now I'm, I'm confused. So, uh, Peter Yan was a former yeah. bantamweight yeah. champion, right? Yes. I did it. Okay. So I did miss, miss, miss speak earlier. So what do you think about that? Because, um, you know, pretty awesome. I think like that Mirab says, look, I'm not going to fight my training partner, my friend. Yeah. Okay. I'll just, I'll just keep beating up these guys. And then Aljo's eventually going to move up and wait. Yeah. Uh, Dana White had this interesting warning I saw for Mirab. Yeah saying that if you don't take advantage of this opportunity now, it's something that may not come again. So is that just kind of him subtly saying that, you know, look, you don't do this fight that maybe we want that we might just shelve you. Yeah. I mean, what do you think of that? I I mean, I mean, it's pretty dickheaded. (laughs) It is, but that's like the promoters, you know, like Ray Long also was saying that the UFC has stuff that's like planned out a year in advance. So it's like, mm-hmm. you know, they, they're, they probably do. And they're probably just, this is probably just a curveball. Who knows if they knew that Peter Young was going to lose, but for the most part, I think there's going to be a good plan regardless. And I think it'll probably be Marab versus Sean O'Malley or Cheeto Vera. That'd be an interesting fight. That'd yeah. be an interesting fight. I Which one would you rather be. see Sean Marab versus Sean O'Malley? Of course, or Cause Vera? he has, he's got the factor and, and you know, Cheeto is a great fight too, but no one wants to see Cheeto versus Sean O'Malley again. Cause that already happened. And mm-hmm. you know, that would be Cheeto Vera versus Marab would be a fucking scrap too, though. Either way. Mm-hmm. That'd be interesting. Well, if you bet money on Marab, he paid off plus two fifteen, So not bad y'all. Yeah. Not bad. Uh, what'd you think? So congratulations to Marab. I mean, yeah. God damn, like that output that he was showing through that fight is just like, he looks like a nightmare to fight. Just a nightmare, just yeah. a consistent pressure. That's just the nonstop pace that he puts on. He's not even particularly super fast, but he doesn't have to be. No. So like, God damn, what a nightmare for anybody else in the bantamweight it's division. I have to get through him to get to the next level. Fuck. Yeah. 
Oh, any other fights on this card that caught your eye, Sean, that you, you'd wanted to kind of break down a little bit that you wanted to shout out? Yeah, there was a dime piece fight with Ariane Lipsky versus JJ Alder. <laughs> <laughs> Ariane Lipsky comes out with the win. You called this one, by the way, too. My girl, my and, girl. Um, you also called. Yeah, because JJ's only, only shot was to try to turn it into a grind fest on the yeah, ground, but, but the numbers even, just didn't say that that's what's going to happen. The, thus the minus 360 uh, underdog status of hers. Yeah. And then there was also the Jonathan Martinez versus Saeed uh, Nurmagomedov. Damn. Like if you watch that first round and Saeed Nurmagomedov striking was crazy, crazy, crazy. Like his, his hips mm-hmm. were just throwing up these weird like lead freaking lead leg high kicks and shit like that. Mm-hmm. Crazy stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, other than that, Davey Grant gets a... Submission over Rafael Sunset. God, man, I feel so bad for Rafael Sunset. I think he had like a... And he retired. Rafael Sunset retired. Did you know there was a stat like where he was like on a 9 or a 12 fight win streak? Never got a title shot. It's crazy. Jesus. Jesus. What a legend. Sometimes it's who you know and who's booty you're willing to lick. (laughs) (laughs) It's unfortunate. Unfortunately. Whose salad you want to toss over there? Oh, <laughs> I'm not even a vegetarian. Oh man! <laughs> well, that was last week's UFC Fight Night. Uh, but last weekend, what um, Friday was also Bellator 292, headlined yeah. by Usman Nurmagomedov versus uh, Benson Henderson and Sean. You called this one. Like yep. I, I mean, I don't. I'm not going to give myself a white belt on this one just because I thought. Benson would give give more of a fight, but yeah. Benson, after he ate the question mark kick from Nurmagomedov, he just wasn't the same. And then Usman went in for the kill, got the rear naked choke. Um, Benson just looked out of out of sorts after the kick and got submitted. And Benson Henderson retired after this one. What what did you see from this fight besides what I just pointed out? Yeah, I mean, who knows. Who knows what was going through his head throughout this whole process? I bet you mm. he was probably like, "Man, if I, you know, I got this far, if I lose, then I think that's it." But I mean, Benson Henderson, you know, like if you think about his career, you kind of forget that he, you know, he beat the shit out of Nate Diaz. You know, he he did yeah. beat freaking Frankie Edgar. He, you know, he beat a bunch of legends, and he was just he was he was the lightweight champion, man. He was on top of the world, and he also did it without you know, like without being too cocky or, or being controversial or without even social media yeah. for that matter, you know? And yeah, um, people forget that, you know, like he was that fucking good, man. Like he was the WEC days, like he was dominant because he, I think he was fighting at featherweight or even lightweight at the same time. Um, and mm-hmm. then when he went over to uh, UFC, it, it was tough enough for a lot of those WEC guys to, to make it, but he actually won the belt against, arguably one of the better champions in Frankie Edgar. And um, again, like I said, he fought, he beat the shit out of Nate Diaz and that's not, you know, an easy task. And that was when no, Nate Diaz was, no. was really on a big uh, uh, hype and actually he was, stopped, yeah, he was stopped on a roll his trajectory too. right there. And yeah, man, it's just too bad that he had to go to Bellator and kind of have a little skid, but you know, rather I'd rather get choked out than knock the fuck out, you know? Father Time's undefeated. Like, you know, I I was so surprised he got submitted because he his submission defense is really good. But again, 
It was one of those situations. He just got head kicked. Yeah, he was yeah, probably right. out of sorts yeah. and getting almost knocked out. will do a lot to your game plans, mainly shit on your game plans yeah. and your preparation. Do you have a memorable but, fight? You know, in for, honor. Uh, yeah. Do you have a memorable fight for, uh, yeah, yeah you know, honestly, uh, <laughs> this is going to sound fucked up, but well, actually one of the memorable, I'll, I'll, I'm going to put one positive, one negative. So I'll, I'll start with the negative. Um, one memorable, memorable fight was his first fight against Anthony Pettis in uh, oh, WEC um, that I thought he was winning until the fifth round when Anthony Pettis had the, the highlight reel kick of highlight reel kicks, jumping yeah. off the fence, round kicking Benson and almost knocking him out. And I think that's what really won that fight. Um, <laughs> so that's the negative. But on the positive, his performance against Nate Diaz was spectacular. Yeah. Uh, Nate was on a roll at that point in his career and Benson just played it super smart. Yeah. He didn't fall because Nate Diaz had a, a talent for sucking his opponents into the type of exchanges that yeah. he likes, which is technical brawling Never and Benson Henderson was yeah. not having any of it. And so, um, his performance against Nate Diaz, his wars against Frankie Edgar, uh, super, Super high level stuff. So congratulations to Benson Anderson. Yeah. How about you, Sean? Any particular yeah. moments from his career? You I remember the fights out? with him and Cowboy Cerrone. He had three of them. There was one where mm. he guillotined him in the uh, first round, which was crazy because it didn't look like he had it. And um, mm -hmm. yeah, and then the one that the one in in uh, the UFC it was just kind of like a th like a o o two WC days and you know, Donald Cerrone ended up winning that. And Donald Cerrone at the time was one of my favorite fighters. So, um, yeah, yeah, for sure, man. Those Cowboy versus Ben Henderson fights were amazing. So congratulations on a yeah, great, you know, I mean, shit by all metrics, a great career. Yeah, dude. You know, a great career. Would you consider it hall of fame worthy? I would think so because he beat Anthony. I mean, he beat all the, the legends, Frankie Edgar twice. Gilbert Melendez, uh, Josh, I mean, yeah, like Cerrone, like you just mentioned, he beat Jorge Masvidal. Look at that. Yeah. So he's been around. He's been around. Uh, yeah. do you think because he ended his career outside of the UFC, he doesn't get in? Yeah. No, he doesn't get it. Okay. It's very honest. And I think you're right. Yeah. I think you're it. right. Um, Let's talk about the one other fight I want to talk about on this card is the one that like, okay, this one, I'm going to totally give myself a shut up white belt, Carlo, <laughs> oh. Michael Venom page yeah. versus Goichi Yamauchi. I was saying, I don't know why, but something told me like, I think Michael Venom page is washed. I think Yamauchi <laughs> has the uh, tools and the approach to kind of grind him down. But it turns out Michael Venom Page wins by TKO by a leg kick, in which essentially he Fuck, it looks like he broke Yamauchi's uh, kneecap. God, it was a very fucked. weird, weird injury, a weird leg break um, that you could actually see on the telecast, Sean. What did you see when you saw this? What was your reaction? It was pretty gross. I mean, you could, I mean, we sent it we sent the video to each other and it, you know, you could really clearly see when Michael Venom page checks that kick and goes in for another, uh, going to Yamauchi's freaking kneecap just, or his ligament just ruptures. 
and right but it wasn't even a check it was like michael van page threw a threw a straight yeah, yeah. round so kick i think because uh, he threw a kick first and, and, and just, he kicked it back so he yeah it was oh, okay so with this was it with the same leg i'm trying to remember now i think so um if ah. if, i might be full of shit, just like but i saw could, it a few times you you could see the indentation almost yeah. of like where of the kneecap moving and stuff. It was just weird. I'd never, because usually what you see when you hit the knee at that angle, it's the person who throws the kick that breaks their leg. Yeah. Usually. Damn. But in it's this case, nasty. like it was Gorchi that came down and it was just like, Oh shit. And so I guess, you know, Michael <laughs> Venom page and the welterweight division in Bellator is still someone not to be fucked with. So my Get apologies to MVP because I called shit. that shit wrong. <laughs> That shit was fucking nasty. And any other fights on the yeah, any other fights on this card that you wanted to shout out, Sean? No. No, man. You know what I'm okay. excited for what? though? What? I'm actually excited for this upcoming one championship card that's uh, on Friday. Got you. Can I can I can I just jump in real fast yeah. before you jump into that? Tonight was um Invicta FC F uh, 52. Oh. And I, the only reason why I want to shout it out is that an old friend of ours uh, Kendra McIntyre, who trains right now with El Nino as part of the Scrap oh, Pack, nice. Scrap yeah, Pack yeah. Fight Team, I believe. Um, she made her M pro MMA debut against Diana Sanchez, and she won a unanimous nice. decision. So nice. con congratulations to Kendra McIntyre. Uh, future's bright. She's young. Uh, she started off in Muay Thai. And so past few years, she's added jujitsu, part of her training routine, the wrestling. And uh, so far, good start. Good nice. start to your pro MMA career, Kendra. Congratulations. Congrats. Uh, go, go ahead. Talk about, I'm sorry to interrupt you. Talk about no, no, the no. Uh, one championship you're looking forward to. Yeah. So there's, there's going to be one championship, a uh, one Friday fight. Friday fights. One yeah. Friday fights coming up. Um, with one of my favorite Muay Thai fighters, that dude, Sin Samut, Clin Me. I guess he's Ooh, fighting. Okay. Uh, I don't know how the fuck you say it. He's right, Regian Ear Seal. Yeah, I think they fought. Suriname. Yeah, they fought before for this belt. And I guess it's going to be kind of, I think went down to a split decision. It was kind of controversial, but uh, yeah, I can't wait to see this fight. Looking forward to it. Yeah, because, yeah it's, man, there's yeah, it's some, some, some pretty fights. good stuff. Sammy's yeah. fighting Ryan Sheehan. Yeah, of, dude. Uh, in the strawweight division that, that night. Uh, one Friday fights, doing it big. Yeah. Oh, is it? It's Uki are you Harada gonna, are you gonna, are you, I'm sorry, what? It's Uki Harada. She's fighting also dying piece. That's the dying piece fight of the week right there. <laughs> is she going to fight? I heard, I, she, so. I heard she had problems with her weight. Oh fuck. No way. Yeah. I, I don't see her listed on the card I here. Harada bring, um, oh, I heard there might be some weight issues. Rescheduled. We'll see. We'll, it's rescheduled. Um, yeah. I think there was a weight issue. Um, oh, so dude. too bad. Sorry, uh, Sean doesn't get the dime piece. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, Maybe but there is as one. a consolation prize, there's a there's a Filipino on this card on the MMA portion. Nice. Uh, so What's his name? Jim there you Will. go, Sean. That's for you. That's for you. His name's Ernesto Montilla. Good for him. Fighting someone from Japan, uh, Tatsumi Tsuwada from Japan. Better win. Dude. Flyweight uh, MMA. <laughs> World's watching. So there you go, Sean. There you go. Stay with it. Stay with it. So with that, let's look forward to this weekend uh, with the UFC uh, Edwards versus uh, UFC 286 Edwards versus Usman, the third fight uh, for Edwards' uh, Walter Waite title. This will be held at the OT Arena in London. As Damn. everyone knows, 
months ago, uh, Usman in his title defense against Edwards was cruising. And then in the fifth round, Edwards gets a highlight reel, head kick knockout, becomes the new welterweight Crazy. champion. Going into this one, um, Usman still c- coming in as a minus 230 favorite. Edwards, a plus 195 underdog. Who do you got for this one, Sean, in this rematch, in the, tr- in the rubber match of the trilogy? You know, something tells me that maybe Kamaru's injuries of may have caught up with him. Uh, you know, ah, I was watching you think a little time bit. and injuries kind of catching up with the guy, bit. huh? Like I, I saw a little bit of his training footage and the embedded and the countdowns and he looks a little brittle, man. Like he look, doesn't look like he mm. can really move his legs really well, even on the ground. Um, I think Leon Edwards, hmm. uh, even though that knockout came out late, I think he's got enough data to kind of adapt to uh, Kamaru's attack this time and maybe even knock him out again. Uh, kind of early on. So I'm going to take Leon Edwards by knockout. I'd say. Ooh, first, you think he's round. got the, the, the key, huh? Wait, what, so. what round? First round. First round knockout. First round knockout. Oh, hell no, dude. All right, I'm, I'm taking <laughs> Usman by decision. Yeah, and I think he's, I think he sweeps five rounds. Okay. Yeah. We'll bet it. Let's we'll bet it. I think. Because the knockout will affect them, but I think it is sense that for Usman, it'll affect him in a sense he'll be smarter about the type of exchanges he wants to get into. Yeah. And he'll try to turn it into a grind fest like he did the last time, but he'll be, it'll be more insistent in terms of clinching against the cage, working him down. When you look at their career, Usman lands more significant strikes per minute than Edwards does. Yeah. Usman's at 4.55, whereas Edwards at 2.59. Uh, and and they're about even of, in terms of the absorb per minute, yeah. 2.28 for Edwards, 2.56 for Usman. And of course, when you talk about the grappling, you know, Usman's takedown accuracy is 48%. Now Edwards is no slouch. His takedown defense is at 68%. So there might be kind of, uh, it's going to be a challenge, but I think Usman doesn't have to take him down every time. He just has to constantly threaten yeah. it and he's going to get the offense he wants and just be smarter. Just be smarter in the later rounds. So I'm going to go Usman five round decision. Nice. Man. Dang. <laughs> I know, First I know. round. I'm dang. Sean has no respect. You know, Sean, what it is, you're just trying to get all these fighters retired that's what you're trying to do like, hey, <laughs> you're just trying to I, was get these to the, retired. I was listening to last week's podcast and i predicted that fucking benson henderson was gonna fucking retire <laughs> you did call it actually you did call it uh so wow well, uh, but i mean uh, how much was that like much of a stretch i mean 42 years old and right. trying to fight for the title they didn't get it i mean come on come on sean <laughs> but hey I co-main like, event of this fight like lightweight fight I'm sorry, what? I felt like a god. Just predicting oh. everything. <laughs> Retirement god. Uh, <laughs> lightweight fight as the co-main event. Justin Gaethje versus Rafael Fiziev. Justin Gaethje open as a plus nine, 195 underdog. Fiziev, uh, a minus 230 favorite. Who do you got for this one? This one, I'm excited for this one. I'm excited for this one too. You know, Rafael Fiziev. Part of that Bang Muay Thai, not Bang Muay Thai, uh, Bang Tao Gym and uh, Tiger Muay Thai Gym over there in Thailand. Mm-hmm. And um, 
you know, he's got, he says he, he's kind got, of like a speed versus power striker. Yeah. yeah? He's, he said he's got Rafael the, being more the speed guy, Justin, the power guy. Yeah. He said he's got like 10 people just like Justin Gaethje out there. And I'm going to say that Justin Gaethje's probably going to go through the same thing that Kamaru Usman's going through where, you know, like maybe those injuries and maybe the, the fights have caught up to him and um, he's starting to slow mm. down a little bit. So I think Rafael Vaziv, I think he, I think he gets a finish, man. I think he finishes Justin Gaethje. I think he catches him. Uh, coming in after maybe getting uh, buzzed and, you know, Justin might have to resort to his wrestling. I think uh, Rafael Fazeev catches him coming in and he gets a TKO second round. Does grappling come into play at all in this fight? I don't think so because I think, you know, Justin mm. claims to be the most exciting fighter in the UFC, which, you know, when you're saying that, and, you know, you, you know, granted, means you're putting has, your brain on the line. Yeah, you're putting, you're, <laughs> you don't really care at that point and you, you're just out there to please the people and put, you know, get that bonus and put out crazy fights, but, um, not against this guy, you know, he, this guy's kind of, he's pretty well-rounded. So I think the wrestling, even if Justin resorts to it, I don't think it's going to, it's not going to do anything. I think Rafael Faziv just has the, the ability to negate all of his attacks. And I think he's just much faster. Hmm. Well, since you feel that this is going to be decided, in the striking arena. And I, and I agree with you. Yeah. Let's look a little bit at some of the striking statistics, significant strikes landed per minute. Justin Gagey, his rate is insane. 7.46 compared to Raphael's 4.81. Mm. And in percentage of significant strikes landed, Justin's at 60%, Raphael's at 50%. But here's where the, the flips on the other side, because Justin Gagey is not known for his defense. You want to talk, significant strikes absorbed per minute. Justin Gaethje's at 7.85, Sean. 7.85. Move your head, Justin. Rafael is 4.86. It's not, that's not like stellar, but I mean, that's a better rate than 7.85. And they're both hovering around 50% on their defense. Oh my God. So, I mean, initially when you think about the offensive output that Justin's capable of, I, I kind of wanted to lean towards Justin, but then looking at the stats and just remembering what his fights are like, when you look at the absorbed per, per minute, 7.85 is a lot. It and is. against someone like Rafael, that, I mean, that's a guy that could put you down. Uh, when you look at their win percentages, you know, Justin, he wins 83% of his fights by KO or TKO, but <sighs> Uh, Raphael, he's at 67%. So he knows I knock fun the fuckers out too. Yeah. Um, so ah, I might have to just agree with you here. This might be a turn the page for the lightweight division and, and the arrival of Raphael. Yep. I agree. Which would be too bad because there's a part of me that would still want to see Justin be near the top of the lightweight division just because I do want to, I want to see him fight Connor eventually just to see oh, that so clash good. of style. So good. Just to see that, you know, that, that, that kind of mix. Um, but I, I think I'm going to agree with you when it, with Raphael Fazee. What, what, what did you say what Fazee would catch him with? Like hit, hatch, hit him on the way in and then like, the in, uh, yeah. like in what round did you call it? I'd say the second. Oh, maybe you didn't call it. I mean, no, I did, I said second, man, yeah. Justin Gaethje puts on such a pace though. I mean, you might be onto something there. Yeah. Um, God damn, man. That's going to be exciting. Uh, another fight I want to call it the Walter Waite fight, the return of Gunnar Nelson. He's going up against Brian Barbarina. Barbarina, one of the tougher 
guys at Walterway, just a freaking like tank yeah. and a tan, a tank tank kind of style. But he's open as a plus three ten underdog. Gunnar Nelson a minus three eighty favorite. And I think that has everything to do with Gunnar Nelson's <laughs> elite grappling ability. Uh, who do you got for this one, Sean? You have any thoughts on this one? I think you know Gunnar hasn't really looked the same ever since he's you know he was injury prone a little bit. Yeah, he really wasn't yeah. finding a home for like his training and whatnot. Like I think the pandemic also wasn't very good to him as far as with, you know, Brian Barberino, he, he was a part of some big fights, his last few fights. And he just has, I think he just mm -hmm. has a little bit more experience, especially in, you know, three round full like decision fights where he was like getting hurt and he was going back and forth. So I'm going to give it to Brian Barberino. I think he grinds him out. I think Gunnar Nelson probably just, it'll just be too much for him. And then he retires. <laughs> you don't think Gunnar Nelson will get the takedown at all because once it gets once it goes to the ground uh, Gunnar Nelson I think is going to smoke Barbarina once it gets to the ground do you think Gunnar has any chance of getting Barbarina to the ground course, I mean like yeah. Gunnar's got a 60% takedown accuracy yeah, he might, for his career he doesn't I mean really... Brian's a 54% takedown defense it's not like he's fighting them all off yeah but I, I still feel like Brian just has a little bit better i think he has more power that's for sure so i think mm. Gunnar nelson might get gun shy if he gets hit early uh hey you might have something there barbarina significant strikes landed per minute it's at 5.92 yeah uh once you so, start seeing those motherfuckers come but you know yeah yeah um and in terms of significant strikes Gunnar nelson's defense is only about 50 percent, which isn't terrible but uh, against Barbarina, who's not afraid to exchange, but I feel like when you're not afraid to exchange and you get in there, it is a chance for like some takedowns to happen. That's true. Um, and again, like I said before, Gunnar Nelson's career takedown accuracy is at 60%. Uh, so we'll see. We'll see. It'd be interesting. I I'm going to go with Gunnar on this through grappling. Right on. Uh, so we could bet some tequila on this. Any other fight on this card you want to oh. shout out? There is a uh, dime piece fight. The uh, Casey O'Neill is a dime piece, <laughs> if you haven't seen her Instagram. Uh, she's going to be fighting Jennifer Maya. I've seen Jennifer Maya's Instagram. It's all right. And, um, it's all right. It's only okay. Yeah. <laughs> Casey uh, O'Neill opening as the minus 175 favorite. Jennifer Maya, a plus 150 underdog. Undefeated Casey O'Neill, by the way. Martin Vittori versus Roman Dolice. <sighs> You know, number four versus number nine at middleweight. Marvin Vittori, a minus 265 favorite. Roman Delice, a plus 225 underdog for all you gambling addicts out there. Sorry. Yeah. And then <laughs> there's a couple of cool fights on the prelims. Maquan Americani versus Jack Shore. Maquan, not, you know, he's been on kind of a little streak there, losing streak. But, uh, well, not even actually. He was on a losing streak. 1-1, then got TKO'd. That's a losing streak. So hopefully he comes back. He <laughs> might be fighting for his job or retirement. And then um, the other one, Joanne Wood versus Luana Carolina. Joanne Wood on the deep, on the early pre prelims now. And then uh, Jai Herbert versus hey. Ludovic Klein. And then Juliana Miller, the uh, ultimate fighter winner uh, out of 10th Planet San Diego mm -hmm. versus Veronica Hardy. That should be a good one too. So that'd be, uh, you'd imagine like Juliana Miller just wants to get it to the ground as soon as possible. Yeah, man, she's, uh, she's super wired too, man. Like she's, she pulls it 
but she kind of reminds me of like a Nate Diaz where, you know, her striking is a little bit awkward, but for some reason mm. she gets the fucking, she gets it done and uh, makes it work. Yeah. So remember friends of ours in Cali, because this fight is in London, uh, the event starts at uh 2 p.m. Eastern, uh, 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Oh, that's so great. don't be like, oh, what bar are we going to watch it at? Because the mar- maybe the bars won't be open by the time you want to watch it at 2 p.m. So the that's prelims. when the event Look starts. The they start at like 1 p.m. Eastern. So that's what? 11? Uh, oh, for the, in, so the entire card? Yeah. So the prelims, they start at 1 p.m. Eastern. Oh, right, like right. The, uh, yeah. So the early prelims. Yeah, so main card, 2 p.m. Yeah, 2 p.m. Pacific. So uh, pre regular prelims, 12 p.m. Pacific. Yeah. And then the early pre- prelims, 10 a.m. Pacific, <laughs> guys. Wow. All right, so if you really want to get your fix in, 10 a.m., that's, what that's the UFC Fight Pass, okay? Early prelims. Regular prelims on ESPN2 or ESPN+, Plus, 12 p.m. And then main card, pay-per-view, uh 2 p.m so hey don't say that sean and i don't look out for you guys when you trying to figure out the schedule all right (laughs) um in terms of other events going on this week sean mentioned uh one championships uh friday fights um and also this week if for any of you guys this saturday if any of any of you are our listeners listeners excuse me are in emeryville and you want to support local Muay Thai. Uh, Our fight team, Omega Martial Arts, has a fighter uh, fighting for his first uh, title, his first five-round fight this Saturday in Emeryville for the promotion Victorium Sakai Challenger Series. Our guy, Ray Ray Valetti. We've talked Uh, about him before, so shout out to Ray. He's in the middle of his uh, tapering week for his training. Uh, So me and Coach Armando will be helping him out. That's this Saturday in Emeryville. Um, and when we, when I post about this, uh, episode coming out, guys, I'll post, I'll post a link to how to get tickets for this fight. It'll be 1 PM this Saturday in Emeryville. So come out, show support for local Muay Thai and good luck to our guy, Ray. Hey. What is, how's, what's the rest of your week looking like, Sean? Doing some filming tomorrow at a extravagant real estate listing, and then uh, this weekend is also. Dude, you've my... been doing a lot of extravagant yes. real estate lately. Yes, I have, and uh, this weekend is actually my parents' wedding anniversary, and my sister's coming oh, down from Texas to uh, throw them a, a really cool uh, celebration with about thirty of their friends uh, at Sam's Chatterhouse oh, in Half Moon Bay. If you haven't been there, amazing seafood. It's out near the beach and it's it's a time man i took my wife uh, my then girlfriend at the time there and their food has just been amazing and it's a surprise and for now them, they're so. married with kids so you know yeah. it's good <laughs> and i'm getting a haircut <laughs> on friday wait what's the name of the restaurant again sam's Chatterhouse. ah nice really nice dude hey, how many years has it been for your parents don't ask me because i don't know <laughs> Oh, oh, you're <laughs> such a bad son. I, I Sean. Sean. I what about you? How about this weekend? Uh, this weekend, just the fights on Saturday. Nice. Looking out for Ray. Uh, excited for that. Um, I probably will not be able to watch the UFC card live because I'll be busy during those exact hours. Mm-hmm. Uh, but 
the after party. We're probably, you know, like we're in Emeryville slash Oakland. So the after party will probably be at Somar. Um, nice. An establishment in Oakland now. Uh, spinning that night. Uh, starting at 9 p.m. is the legendary DJ Fuse. For those of you guys don't know, DJ Fuse was the DJ for Bay Area Legends Digital Underground. So nice. he's spinning that night, and he happens to be Ray's favorite DJ. So nice. hopefully we'll have a really good Saturday. So if anybody wants to come say hi, uh, check us out at Somar, um, 9 p.m. Saturday night. Hey. Should be a good time. And that's going to do it for us, guys. Uh, don't forget to like the podcast and don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Don't forget to make those picks on DraftKings on, based on our picks because we're going to make <laughs> you some fucking money, man. Um, <laughs> don't forget to follow us on our social media. Mine is Sean underscore PR underscore and yours, Carlo? Hopkey1 on Instagram. Hey, and don't forget to... Uh, visit Magala Jiu-Jitsu is also celebrating their four-year anniversary on Sunday uh, out in the mission over there. Uh, fight culture in Daly City and Omni Movement in Hercules. Check us out over at Hapkido USA in the Sunset District here in San Francisco, folks. We're with Kohaldo Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and our Golden Pizza Muay Thai team. Oh, and also I want to make sure I shout out uh, the training partners that Matt had for yeah. in preparation for the U.S. Nationals that he had over at Pacific Ring Sports that we always shout out. But big love to our friends over at Pacific Ring in Oakland. And also, uh, he got some good training with Jongsanon over at Wooden Man Muay Thai in downtown San Francisco. Hey. So check them out and big shout out and big thank you to that team as well. Hey. Don't forget to place those bets, guys, because we're going to win you guys some money and you guys are going to buy our merch. Don't forget, we got T-shirts over there on Amazon so they can uh, get to your door via Prime. Have a good weekend, guys. Be safe. 